Good morning. Happy Tuesday. I have NeuroCoffee in hand and it is perfect. Ooh, a very busy Tuesday coming up. We're going to dig straight into today's Q&A. Uh, this is with Taya. So this is actually a follow-up question to yesterday's question on the high obliques at pull-down activity. And so what I did is, um, as, as we're talking uh, with Taya in regards to, to clarifying the position, um, I superimposed some, some still frames and some video over top of the, of the question so you can actually see the execution of the high oblique sit pull down so you can see the setup, just as important as the execution of the exercise, but, but you'll see the explanation as it's being executed. So again, I think it'll be helpful for a lot of people to actually see this. Um, we then went into a comparison between trying to do a cable activity, a similar cable activity with the low oblique uh, sit um, as far as the difference between the two, basically what we're looking at is a difference in the um, helical angles. And so exercise selection would be more associated with the idiosyncratic structure of that individual as to which would be more optimal. So thank you, Taya, for this question. Um, reminder, uh, Coffee Coaches Conference Call, 6 a.m. on Thursday. Everybody have an outstanding Tuesday, and I will see you tomorrow. When we were talking about the high oblique sit, yes, sir. and the right leg is extended in front of us, yes, ma'am. I, I don't know if I understood correctly, but I imagine <laughs> that when you captured the position, you would want to drive the left knee a little bit forward to delay the right side a little bit to get the expansion, or no? Okay, so so. Let's let's look at this in two parts. Mm -hmm. Look at the setup. Okay, so you're propped up on an on an on arm extended, right, like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're on your right hip. Right leg is is pointing right at the at the pulley, the cable pulley. Okay, left knee would be up. Okay, so as I reach towards the cable, okay. Um, the the right uh, sorry the left hip is going to be in a little bit more er mm -hmm. okay as you pull you're going to be superimposing internal rotation on top of that left side so that left side is going to start moving towards an early representation which means that the the right leg starts to push away into the late representation you see it yeah so it's doing this as you're doing the activity you see it mm -hmm. okay does that answer your question yeah I'm just wondering if you would do the low oblique sit, it would change because you would get more expansion on the right side because it would be more of an early presentation. Say, say that one more time, sorry. If I would do the same pull down in uh -huh. the low oblique sit, uh -huh. I would also get some expansion on the right back side because of the position of the, the elbow. At, at the very beginning of the pull? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at the yeah so like if, if you're reaching forward with your left arm mm -hmm. yes you do understand that you would never do that at the same angle right yeah yeah i get it okay. I, was I just want to make sure because because it becomes less of a it, it like somewhere in the world that like there's a transition point between a pull down and and a, a row just by jargon right you're going to be closer to the to the flatter the, the the helical axis is different like like this would be like the high oblique sit pull down and this would be like the the low oblique right mm -hmm. you understand 
Yeah. Yeah. But I think you got the right. I I I think you understand. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Good morning. Happy Monday. I have neural coffee in hand, and it is perfect. All right. A very busy Monday coming up. Um, but first, a little housekeeping. Um, invitations to the Intensive 20 went out last night. So if you did apply, please check your email um, for the invitation. If you did not receive an invitation in your email this morning, um, didn't make the cut this time, but please keep applying. Many people that have, that have actually made it to the Intensive have applied on multiple occasions. It is exceptionally difficult to pick eight people um, from all of the applications because some of them are really, really good and it comes down like a, a little head-to-head -head thingy at the end on, on who's gonna come. So I appreciate everybody that has the interest. Um, please sign up on the mentorship list at the end of any blog. Um, we're gonna try to expand a little bit of the communication um, through that list as well. So be prepared uh, for that. But again, intensive 20 applications or, or invitations went out last night. Uh, digging into these Q&A, this was Matt. The, the foundation of this question has to do with a, with a high oblique set. But the thing that I want you to recognize here is that there, it's a little bit deeper than that. Um, this, this lends itself to understanding that for every activity that you that you perform, you need to have an intention. You have to have a reason for doing it. We don't want to be random with our application. You need to understand that there is a superimposition of ERs and IRs at all times, and the setup and the execution of the exercise are going to matter as one or the other will be demonstrated to a greater degree depending on your intention. So again, we don't want to be random with our applications and, and programming. So this is a great question um, for those of you that are still trying to grasp how important the setup of an activity is as well as the execution. So thank you, Matt. Everybody have an outstanding Monday and I'll see you tomorrow. No, you're right. You're right. Um, so my my question related to uh, something that I, I observed in one of the uh, one of the intensive group calls there, viewing back over them again, and I saw you talking to uh, Max Ford in respect to a high oblique sit, and the the thing that threw me a little bit, we were talking about you were talking about leg lengthening, and uh -huh. the. Uh, how the the straight leg, which was for those that didn't see the call, was was uh, obviously at uh, what left. He was in a right oblique sit, and the the right leg was straight out of the loop. Yes, yep, sir. out front, yes. and referred to that as uh, a late late IR, and that's is is that simply because it's going that the as he's pulling the cable down, he's pushing away from there, so it was sort of there. You go. The, you have to look at the finished position mm. under the circumstance. Yeah. So if I'm a right high oblique sit, right leg extended, okay? So you think about where the starting position is, right? As soon as you start to pull, as soon as you start to pull, you have to produce IR proximal to distal. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to pull towards you. So you're kind of pushing that leg away from you as you, so I pull the cable this way, and then the right leg would go away from me. Do you see that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then as you finish, I am I am I'm producing the the IR on this side. Okay. Center of gravity is going to move towards the side that I'm pulling toward, and that pushes the right leg away, which turns it into a later representation. See it? 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, I get, I get that now. Yeah. The bit I don't get now looking at that is that when we go to like a supine cross connect yep. and we're pushing, we're pushing away with that right leg, is it because we've got the wall contact which reverses the uh, wave that gives it the early representation as opposed to the late? Okay. So we can go back point. to Cameron's, we can go back to Cameron's question. Okay. Yeah. And you gotta follow, you gotta follow the sequence of of the transfer of energy back and forth between the wall contact and the body as you're creating the the pressure differential. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So if I'm exhaling, can you appreciate the fact that you're producing more proximal to distal IR. Yes. And then when you're breathing in, can you appreciate the fact that you're creating more distal to proximal? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. And so all we're doing is all we're doing is creating a bias in the shape to emphasize what direction we want it to go. Yep. Very good. Very good. Does that help? Um, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to clarify that. I, I, I thought I understood it, and you've you've definitely clarified it. So that's that's good. I, I wasn't completely out of my mind, which is good. <laughs> good morning. Happy Thursday. I have NeuroCoffee in hand and it is perfect. Before I start the call, it's a very important day today. Today, everybody have coffee? Everybody have coffee? This is a toast. To the greatest lead singer of any rock band in the history of mankind, today is Sammy Hagar's 75th birthday. He is playing a show in Cabo San Lucas today uh, with his band. So there you go. Happy birthday, Sammy. Always have to mention that every year. Hey, uh, I've got a, a couple of questions in respect to that javelin throw that I posted on iFast uh -huh. the other day. Yes, sir. So, so um, the first one I've got was just in respect to her uh, presentation. Initially, like looking at a just straight off the cuff, I go, Matt, Matt, yeah, is it okay yeah. if I bring those pictures up? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, she's she's happy to share it, anything you like. So that's okay, fine. Was, was that on IFAST University? It was IFAST U, yeah. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up her pictures then. Yeah. That way people know what we're talking about. Cool. Uh, yeah, that white, the, the, the wave one's quite interesting. I think that video in slow mo with the wave is is a good illustration of some of the stuff you actually talk about. Uh huh. So, uh, do you want to do you want to start with that, or do you want to start with something else? Oh, I don't care. Yeah. It, okay. About the javelin throw. So let's go here. Yeah. So watching that wave as that lead leg strikes, we see that wave run up the, oh, the yeah. lateral front leg there. Yeah. Hits her in the hits her in the outside of the the uh, the the lower back from my yeah. observation and then comes comes back again so yeah. 
on, on speaking to her, when she starts to get into her uh, higher uh, level throws, a little more uh, intensity, she ends up getting a, a fair bit of lumbar pain after the immediately after the throw and, and you can sort of see it hit and then turn around and come back down again. Yeah. Now, now me not understanding a great deal about javelin, would we expect, I know that's a blocking white, like that's a blocking leg. So would yeah. we expect the wave to stop there and come back or ideally would it disperse further or is it sort of an inevitable outcome? Um, re repeat. One second. Yes. Repeat your question because. Yes. Yeah, so, so seeing that the wave appears to go no further than the, well, the bulk of it anyway, no further than the lumbar spine and then sort of comes back down again. Right. Um, okay. Okay. Let me, let me, let me stop you there. I, I think, I think I can get you from, from yeah. point A to point B. Okay. So, so like this leg, I mean, the strategy on the, on the lead leg is, is a, a very a typical representation. But what I want you to see is right here. You see this right here? See this position right here? Uh, I'm struggling with Saucy, but there it go. Yeah. Okay, you see where she's at, right? Yep. She's not squared off. Okay. I do see so, that. So this is where you can start to see the, the orientation really starting to kick in, okay? Yeah. And so, so what's gonna happen here is, so as she plants, the, the energy, is going to go up and out and around this this right hip instead of coming straight up in through her pelvis. And so what we would want to see here instead of this orientation is I would like to see something that's closer to a a a better alignment of of the extremity to the ISA to the shoulder. So you can see how she's kind of flat here and kind yes. of horizontally Okay, I would want this to be in a much better line. Um, yeah, uh, that would be representative of, of a more ideal uh, presentation because then what you've got is you've got the the uh, IR superimposed on the ER in that position, and so now the energy can go up into the javelin instead of hitting her uh, on the lateral aspect of the hip, coming around and popping her in the back. Like it literally will come around her and hit her. Um, on the back of the pelvis, like near the base of the sacrum, the lumbar spine, because yep. of this orientation. So this is this is the position that stood out to me when I was looking at the. Yeah, yeah. So so my my assessment of her, um, having looked at looked at the way that she does things, is essentially she's got a massive anterior orientation. Yeah. And pretty much she executes you know every, everything as far as even excluding her javelin throwing just moving around the gym everything is done with that biard spine and yeah. um and she obviously achieves a throwing position uh relying on that quite a bit as well as we can sort of see yeah if you look at her if you look at her head uh, position here you could so this is this this is a head whip if we were talking about baseball pitching and stuff like that this would be a head whip this is the yep. this is the dr compression showing up this is why she's got to snap her head so so far away from the the javelin um what i want you to see here though um matt you see the you see the the indentation at the top of the hips and then you see this expansion here yes okay so this this um obviously is concentric orientation of the musculature that's above the trochanter okay yeah 
And then what you, so that create, that, that holds the anti-orientation. So she's got a lot of downforce going through the pelvis onto the femur. And then this is your femur um, orienting out into ER. So do you reckon she's like a coxavera? Yes, in that direction. Yeah. Uh, coxavera, yeah. so, so coxavera would be a deformity, right? Um, yeah. But that's, that's, that, and you can, you can see it here. You can really see it here too. Whoops. Pushing out to the sides, yeah. Hang on a minute. Let me get this thing going. There we go. There we go. Yeah. So, and you can, again, you can see, you see a lot of orientation here. And you can see a nice, nice little, little um, oblique there. Okay. So, yeah. you know, I mean, and she's obviously, you know, well muscled and, and such. So she's, she's heavily trained. There's no question about that. But, but, um, I think if you if you can get a a reduction of any of this orientation, she's going to be a much happier camper. Yeah, yeah. So there was a couple of things in respect to that being that being the case. The the that would indicate that she's she's a, a narrow. Is that the, if if that's if that coxavera is in place? Mm -hmm. it's going to not necessarily to because I again. Not, no. not necessarily. She's just heavily. She's heavily trained. So take anybody with an anterior orientation that's strong enough. It's she's going to get pushed down. Like she's way forward. Like she's way yeah. forward. Yeah. Um, let me see if I can find it. Do we have a side view of her, Matt? Uh, I do, but I, I'd be hard pressed to get it up on my phone for you. Okay. But I, no I might post one. I, I might post one because she's dead <laughs> flat. Like DR is flat as a yeah. I was gonna say if, if you had a side view, I think we would see how far forward she actually is. But with with yeah. that degree of anti orientation, she's 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 compressing everything downward at that point. Yeah, because I was under the impression um, through something else that we looked at previously that the uh, that the coxavera generally occurred in the in the narrows because it will they are stay. up, so they need to come they come down. Right, and then, but think about this, okay? She's a wide ISA and she's pushing down. It's not gonna come back up. It's not gonna yeah, come Yeah, true, true. Okay. True, yeah. okay, okay. Um, it, it, uh, further on that, in respect to that knee orientation where you see that hyperextended kind of, that ER, ER uh, presentation at the, at, at, the, at the knee or that ER strategy. Yes, sir. Um, that, in my observation so far, has typically been in in narrows, um, and it was one of the other reasons that I thought perhaps she was she was a narrow, albeit she's obviously she looks kind of wide. But um, uh, I, what's do you get that often in wides as well? That that, that if you press down hard enough, enough, sure. Yeah, okay. It's okay. what you're what you're seeing. What you're seeing is the okay. So. Um, um, Matt, take a bamboo pole, okay, and compress it. What happens? Bends. It bends. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So you get enough downforce, and so so think. Just think about what's going through that lead leg from a downforce perspective, right? And she's got to push down through it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and and she's and she's got the ER orientation. So again, it's like you're you're just she's going to have a lot of trouble capturing any any um, relative hip IR, and and but again, it's like that becomes the problem because what we want 
again, you you with the with the, the single leg contact out in front of her, you you need the energy to come um, up the extremity and towards the the middle of the pelvis, not the lateral aspect of the pelvis. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That like makes you, sense. Like you you do that, you do that, and you're going to see a neat little change in her axial alignment. You're going to see a much better position. So as the as the internal rotation is propagating up through her axial skeleton to hit her in the shoulder, um, as the the body is moving forward and the arm is still going backward relative to it, you're going to see a much better position of the javelin, um, and and honestly, you're going to give her a, a heck of a whip through that shoulder that she she should get some distance out of it. Yeah, okay. She's, well, dampening. Be yeah. She's dampening right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My concern is that she's going to end up with like a knee thingy too. I'm surprised she doesn't have one already. To be quite yeah, honest. I am too. But but again, it's like wear and tear. You know, it's it, she's already starting to feel it. She, it. And chances are, if she's feeling it in the like at the base of the sacrum, the beginning of the lumbar spine, the knee is next. Well, she'll she'll be able to she'll be able to self treat because she's a PT by trade, so she's a she's a physio by trade, so she can uh, she can sort that one out herself. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, yeah, therapist treat thyself uh, is is not a law of physical therapy. <laughs> uh, you have the least objectivity with yourself, and I, I, I can yeah. I can vouch, right? So. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Like, like right. you're, you're gonna spend you're gonna spend most of your time trying to get trying to get a true ER representation back in the hip, okay, and then reducing the anti-orientation. And then she's probably gonna be a pretty happy camper because I think not only will you alleviate symptoms, but most likely you'll she'll get a bump in performance too. Good morning, happy Wednesday. I have neural coffee in hand and it is perfect. All right, a wacky Wednesday. Uh, so yesterday I was uh, attempting to post a 16% video and my Instagram account disappeared. So we're not sure what happened. Uh, Mike got hacked, uh, Instagram may have deleted it. Um, right now, they're not being too kind um, in regards to any access for yours truly, so we're not going to worry about that. Um, so for now, make sure you're subscribed here, subscribed here on the YouTube channel um, so you can get a notification when we post new content because this, this will be the primary uh, location for video for now. Um, I would also get yourself signed up on the mentorship list. So go to any post on BillHartmanPT.com, get signed up on the mentorship list. So we're going to try to pump that a little bit more. So maybe this is a really good thing for everybody involved here um, that we'll get a little bit more direct contact through uh, the YouTube channel here and the uh, mentorship newsletter. Digging into today's Q&A, this is a combination of, of Dale and Matt. Um, it started, starts off with, with the concerns over some, some elbow-related issues, and we made a comparison here between how we'd address hip-knee-foot relationships, and now we have to address that in the same, same manner in the shoulder-elbow-hand. And so uh, we were talking about lateral elbow pain uh, specifically, and typically what you're going to have under that circumstance is an orientation where you're going to have a little bit too much proximal ER in the forearm, and so we have to address that first. And so this 
is concerned about hand, shoulder, and elbow position as we're executing activities to address recapturing the internal rotation at the proximal forearm. And this led into a discussion about hand position and grip that we also brought Matt in on near the end of the call. So this can be useful for anybody that's dealing with some elbow related issues, especially the lateral elbow pain. I would also point you in the direction of the uh, some of the simple solutions here on the YouTube channel. Um, that will also help you um, select some activities that may be useful. So thank you, Dale. Thank you, Matt. Um, hang in there. We'll kind of see how this all plays out. Um, don't forget, tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., Coffee and Coaches Conference call as usual. So I will see you tomorrow morning um, for that call as well. Have an outstanding Wednesday, and I'll see you tomorrow. Anyway, so the last couple of weeks we talked about um, open and closed chain uh, <clears throat> uh, activities for realigning the hip, the femur, and the tibia. Yeah, like right. the, the hamstring curly things that we talked about? Yeah, that, that kind of stuff or whether we're- I'm with we're, you. I'm with you. Yeah. All right, so, so I started thinking this week, um, you know, because we talk about the hip and the shoulder being the same thing. Yeah. Basically, right? Yeah. So if, if I was, <clears throat> I'm sure there's activities that we would do <clears throat> to realign the shoulder, the elbow, and the wrist. Yes. Right? And yeah. I would just, I would I understand closed chain and, and working with the, the hip, the femur, and the tibia, yeah. but I was a little confused about how I would address that in the shoulder, the shoulder, the elbow, and the wrist. What type of, you know, movements or exercises I would do for that. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to understand that. You know, well, what that okay, like. yeah. Um, they, they, they only look a little different. Okay. Um, you, you, you have to appreciate the, the turn that's taking place. So, so go back to your hamstring representation, yeah. your seated, your seated variation of a hamstring. Okay. And you think about, you think about what, what that would look like. Okay. Right. So you're creating a tibial internal rotation. Mm -hmm. as the knee bends yes fair right yeah do the same thing in the arm <clears throat> so we'd oh. be talking like like an arnold curl i guess you know uh but... i wouldn't do i wouldn't necessarily do that um um th think about the so so take your forearm mm -hmm. and then internally rotate it okay so that, that would be pronated, right? Right, yeah. You ever do anything in that position? Yeah, reverse curls. Yeah. So so that falls under the same same type of a circumstance. It's like, it's, and again, it's not the same as the um, the hamstring curl because of the, the you, have to, you have to appreciate the proximal position. Right. So you, have, so you have to create that approximation as well. So if in a seated hamstring curl, the hip is in an early IR representation, which, which makes the mechanics a little bit different mm -hmm. at the knee. And so you have to appreciate that in the shoulder as well. All right, so how would I cue that? Well, where's the intro, where's, where's early internal rotation? Well, I'm, I'm assuming if I'm here, I'm gonna be there. Okay, early internal rotation. So, so, so if, if your arms at your side, yeah. okay. I'm chopping off your legs, Dale. Yeah, I know. You're gonna walk on your hands. 
Okay. You already thought. Late IR is pushing into the ground. Yeah. Okay. So, so late IR would be your arm down by your side. Mm -hmm. Early IR would be reaching forward. Right. Okay. You okay. Do you see where we're going with this? <clears throat> yeah, I'm just trying to think of an activity. So it may be like a 60 degree incline where I'm. Uh, potentially, potentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the idea here is that we're trying to create the rotation um, in the forearm, right? Mm -hmm. The the internal rotation because the proximal aspect of the right. forearm tends to get externally rotated. Right. So so I don't want to do I don't want to create reinforce something too soon in regards to the ER of the proximal radius, mm -hmm. and so that takes your supinated activities away at least at the beginning, you have to capture the internal rotation first. So this is why we would we, we talk about like low oblique sits being really good for this because it, it, it creates the, it creates the uh, IR representation at the proximal elbow. You see it? Yeah, kind of. Well, you need to be in this position, right? Because yeah. I, need, I need this to turn inward. Right. Yeah. Like if I if I if I do something that's supinated too soon, I reinforce the the proximal representation of the of the radius that I don't want under the circumstance. Right. Okay. The, the, your job, your job, is to make sure that you're coherent with what you're trying to reacquire. So again, it's like if you, if you have somebody that that has an elbow, so somebody comes in and they're complaining about lateral elbow pain. They go, Dale, every time I grip the bar, it hurts right there, somewhere, somewhere in there, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's a magnification of the normal representation of the of the elbow, which means that the radius is twisted too far into ER relative to the humerus. That means you got to turn it inward. Okay giving them a supinated variation of a curl okay with the arm at the at their side is probably not the place to be see it yeah because what that would do is reinforce that relationship yeah <clears throat> that's easy to see no. yeah. yeah yeah okay and and so again you you just you, your your goal is to make sure that you're you're reinforcing the mechanical element as effectively as possible through your exercise selection. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So if you did like a low oblique sit first, you capture the IR representation at the elbow. So you actually reduce the differential. Then you can retrain them in external rotation, and then you can you can start to work on the supination. Okay, okay. you got to have you got to have the downforce first, right? Yep. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Hey, Bill, just chiming in on that. Yes, sir. Could you do a reverse? You know the one that you do where you hold the dumbbell uh, thumb side. Thumb side up over the preacher bench. Could you basically flip that completely? 
so that you're doing like a reverse curl with the dumbbell on the um, reverse curl over a preacher bench with the dumbbell on the pinky side. So you 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 flipping the oh, way. so you're so you're you're emphasizing the uh, uh, pronation. Well, okay, hang on. So if 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 the if the the pinky side of your hand is against the inside of the of the dumbbell, you're cranking it towards supination. Uh, it's gonna be the other way. No, see it? Yeah, yeah. You just yeah, gotta watch your. Driver, so it starts. Start his thumb side. Your, yeah. Your, yeah, your goal is to create a leading resistance to have them emphasize mm. the direction that you want. You don't want to push them into it because they will try to resist it naturally, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Good morning. Happy Friday. I have NeuroConfi in hand and it is perfect. All right. Well, this is the busy Friday of the two-week sprint, so we're going to dig straight into today's Q&A. This was Zach. So Zach had a question in comparison to some bending activities, um, uh, more specifically, Cambrian deadlift and a rear foot elevated single leg um, activity um, that are not the same. Um, one is going to require an earlier representation of internal rotation. One is going to prevent that early representation of internal rotation, which we'll see in the in the discussion. The thing that I want you to take away from this is the the reasoning behind an activity. So all activities are good for certain things and for certain structures. So this is one of the reasons why you want to fall back on my foundational archetypes of the wide ISA, narrow ISA. Their physical structure makes them better at certain things. Not every exercise is transferable from one archetype to the other with equal success. For instance, your narrow ISAs, the people that are more extreme towards that representation, um, will be lousy deadlifters. Um, um, by common vernacular, they will not be good hingers. No matter what it looks like, they will be using compensatory strategies to access those positions. So these are the things that you have to kind of keep in mind when you're when you're designing your programs. Number one, you want to be very, very specific with your intentions and you want to be coherent. And so that's why you have to take structure into consideration. So thank you, Zach, for bringing this up. Truly appreciated. Everybody have an outstanding Friday. Podcast will be up on Sunday and I'll see you next week. Um, so if I'm comparing like a, let's go left foot back campo deadlift and then like a left foot forward, right foot on the wall, single leg RDL type deal. Left foot forward. Uh, hang on a minute. Wait. What are you doing? Like left foot there, and then the right foot is there. Something like uh -huh. that. Uh-huh. Um, I guess the, the question is going to be, like, if I'm trying to promote the turn to the left, um, like, I know with, like, some other activities, like, a, like in the case of like a left to put someone in left sideline, like you need a certain amount of internal rotation to even access that position. Um, yeah. I'm thinking about like to get that left foot back for the Campo deadlift. Do I need to be thinking about that in a certain way? So on the one hand, I see how I'm going to need more range of motion just to get the sacrum to face that way. But then at the same time, like, like that position might be 
easier just by virtue of position to hold on to the turn as opposed to with the left foot forward. I won't be able to create that yielding action and turn to the left as easily, but I need less range of motion. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, you're you're in a you're in a so you're in a later. I, you put a, you put your foot on the wall. Is that what you're doing? Like the I, the, the right foot's back. Right? You have it up against the wall, or just yeah, like, I mean, like a, okay. an offset stagger. Any anything where the left foot's forward and the right. Yeah. Foot's okay. Back so, so as soon as you put a foot forward, you've got a you've got an orientation of the of the sacrum relative to that extremity, right? Yeah, facing away. Away. Correct. Yeah. So it stands to reason that. Um, uh, it, it's going to be a, that's going to make it a later representation on that left side. You understand that, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, so less yield on that side. Yep. Okay. And, um, be, and because you're pushing away from that side, depending on what you have access to, um, you're going to be producing a proximal to distal uh, force into the ground. Okay. And again, it's like, well, how much, so if, if you wanted, if you wanted to, to, um, have full access to that position in the lowered representation of that, that position, you would have to have a lot of internal rotation available. Are we still left foot forward with that statement? Yes, sir. Or just yes, sir. I'm talking, I'm all, all I'm talking about is left foot forward. Am I going to need more internal if rotation than that? Then... Say again, sorry. I say, am I going to need more internal rotation, left foot forward, bottom position than to what I would need to access the left foot back campo? Depends on which hand you got the weight in. So if I've got the contralateral load, That'll keep me earlier. So, so think about go all the way to the bottom. Go all the way to the bottom. Okay. Yep. Um, left foot back, campo deadlift. Okay. Weight in the right hand. Mm -hmm. Yep. When you get to the bottom, that's going to give you the, the, the greatest access to internal rotation in that position. If I switch yep. the weight, if I switch the weight and I put it in the left hand, I will be coming from that position that I just accessed with the with the weight in the right hand. Make sense? Because then the weight the weight is in that second scenario. So I'm like pushing out of that. You're pushing yourself cut. out of the cut. Yes. <clears throat> okay. If you okay. put your left foot forward. If you put your left foot forward and you do that right foot on the wall thingy, yep, you're out of you're coming out of the cut. So I, I guess <clears throat> had like potentially if it's just like a restoring range of motion standpoint, like something I like to recapture the. The left foot forward is like a. If you're trying to, if you're trying to to move towards a late representation, then the thing that you demonstrated would be potentially useful. Correct. If I'm trying to recapture, I'm not trying to move towards. 
you're you're blocking you're you're pushing yourself out of an internally rotated position towards an externally rotated position so okay. to get to but to get to the bottom of that position, you would have to have access to the internal rotation. Otherwise, um, on your way down into that position, you are failing miserably as far as capturing the internal rotation. Right. You see it? Yeah, that's helpful. Because the, the, the best you've got, the best you've got in that position is you can get the sacrum square to whatever the front would be, whatever front facing would be, which would probably be in line with the extremity. Right. Cause you can't yeah. turn past, you can't, you can't turn past it. It becomes an orientation at that point. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I guess I was thinking about that. Like that it might be like a precursor and that I, uh, the maximum internal rotation, like, like they would have that, Turn available to them because they would only need to get to square front as opposed to needing to complete the turn. But like, there's probably a better way to accomplish getting them to turn to the left at that point because the left with force is keeping them late. That is correct, sir. And then come back to that in a later. Yep. Day. Yep. All right. Yeah. Cool. And, and again, like where where hang on where you utilize this though is dependent on what what the needs are. So if you got if you've got somebody that you're trying to um, emphasize the the ER representation at the hip, then that might be useful, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if you're trying to bring somebody, uh, if you're reverse engineering, as it were, like you got somebody that that is um, all the way forward all the way to the right they're starting to pull themselves down that might be a good first choice exercise because it does emphasize the yard representation of that hip right so that, that's your initial like in, in a narrow that could be your initial pushback to the left and just yeah like now, that reduction keep in mind if, it, if you're doing it with a narrow Keep in mind what you got. I mean, again, you got to be really, really careful there because, again, you're going to, you're, you got to be careful you're not bumping into your compensatory strategy. Right. Right. Yep. Okay. And so that might be a case where instead of, uh, instead of that uh, forward bendy thing that you were doing, um, you might use something along the lines of like that, what, what that, that activity was, it was a really foot elevated position, right? You might find that you use like a, a rear foot elevated split squat, which would be similar, right? You're involving the lower extremity a little bit more. That might be even a better choice. For, for your narrow, because of their- Yes, for the narrow. With an arrow, but they don't. They don't have. They don't have the 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 capability of of achieving the the nutated position that you would want if you were doing that type of an activity, right? But you start to involve the lower extremity. It's like now you've got something that might be useful for them. You see the difference in the center of gravity. I do. Yeah. So like like a, a wide ISA has a, a the ability to shift the, the the center of gravity posterior where the narrow doesn't. Right. Yep. So don't yep. don't push them into it. Get it? Got it. 